Hey guys, welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm your host, Hemel Javeri. With me today is MLB writer and our old podcast host, Ted Burke. Hi, Ted. Hey, Hemel. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? I'm good. Before we get into uh, talking about the best stories of the week, uh, tell us about your podcast that just launched uh, yesterday. Uh, I launched a podcast yesterday. A long-anticipated podcast. Well, by few, by very few. But it was, yeah, I was, I was intending. So, so I had been doing this podcast until basically until I left for paternity leave, and then the postseason, and then, uh, and and so I was started starting to uh, intending to start this up in the new year, and then things just kind of got away from me. So, uh, it's a podcast. And it's a very good podcast. I listened to it yesterday, and my favorite segment was the pinata segment, which was, it was fantastic. It was good. You, yeah. That was enjoyable. All right. I, you know, it's, it's weird doing it all alone because you're like, I don't know. Is, is this good? Is it, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this is, you know, because when, like, if I'm doing it with you, then it's like, well, Hemel will cut me off if this is particularly horrible. <laughs> but if you're just sitting alone in your apartment, you're like, maybe I'm saying the craziest, dumbest things, and there's no one to be like, hey, wait a minute, man. Like, maybe don't publish this. <laughs> well, definitely not that. But the first, like, three minutes of your podcast, and I told you this yesterday, were you just putting yourself down? <laughs> yeah, it was all just shame. Well, because it's, it's, it's a presumptuous thing, right? Like, yeah. hi, I have a podcast, and you should listen to it. I, I don't know, but they sh- people should. You should listen to it. Uh, but I just I know that that sounds presumptuous. Yeah, well, you should listen to it because it's a very good podcast. It was a very enjoyable. I think it'll way. be good, and and I think I'll I think I'm a good podcast host. I'm not worried about that. It's just I just don't. I gotta. It's it's difficult to distinguish yourself in this space. I know it very is, but um. So wait, can we just talk about the pinata segment for a second? Because we got a pinata ages ago for a video thing and we never used it so did you just go out there and ask a bunch of random strangers to hit it i did and it was really nerve-wracking trying to identify the right group of strangers i got a good one you got a very Um, good one diverse and everything they were very nice they were sweet they were like they were probably i guess in their 20s they were all in in acting school together and uh and so it was great like just by chance it was people from like around the world because they were all here for some conservatory. Uh, and so, so that was cool. It was like someone from Indonesia and someone from Israel and someone from, uh, from Budapest. So, uh, that was fun. Uh, they had juggling pins and that was really the tell for me. I was like, ah, oh, people who brought juggling <laughs> pins to the park are probably down to hit a pinata, yeah. right? Yeah, they're, they're very down to hit a pinata. But they like, it's nice. very strange to be walking alone because that's the other thing, right? If, if you did it on video, there'd be like a crew. Yeah. So it add legitimacy. This was me with my handheld voice recorder just walking around Central Park with a pinata, <laughs> like, hey, who wants free candy? And that's weird. That is very weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, all in the name of, of art or podcasting, it worked really well. Well, and then I regretted it. Once I found out they were in acting school, I was like, oh, if I had thought quicker, I would have said, like, no, now you have to hit the pinata in a character <laughs> and made them do characters. But I didn't think that quickly. And so, like, by the time, like, as soon as the, the microphone turned off, I was like, oh, I should have made them do characters. <laughs> because, like, what are the, you know, what are the chances that you, the random people you pull are, are all probably talented actors and actresses? Uh, that would have been fun. But I blew it. I blew it. Yeah, you blew it. Next time, maybe. Yeah. 
Next time I'll think of that. Or I'll be like in in the MLB clubhouse interviewing someone and be like, hey, Mike Trout, why don't you answer this question in character? <laughs> I would love to see Mike Trout do it. The world's like most nicest, most normal guy. <laughs> Yeah, it would be, I don't know that he has a very broad acting range, but no. we'll see, we can see, it would be amazing if he's also an extremely talented actor. That would be awesome. Um, Alright, so for this week, it's been kind of a crazy week in sports, and I, I feel like I always say this at the end of the week, but every week seems like there's a lot happening. Um, do you have a, a favorite, most interesting story uh, of the week? I, I did um, I'm sorry. Can you just can you tell me exactly what made it a wild week in sports? Because I wasn't necessarily picking up on that. Um, I think there the was. A, well, it's been to me. I think it might just be that it was a wild week in news. There's partly because of all the Parkland stuff happening. Obviously, incredibly awful yeah. and sad. So every time there's a big news event like that, it kind of reverberates into sports, and then compounded on top of that is just all the Olympic stuff that's happening. Which right. I don't know how closely you've been following it, but it was—it's been pretty eventful. I think last uh, night. Yeah, no, I, I knew that. I, I like, well, yeah, and it's been an eventful. Like, it's always an eventful week in the news now, right? Like, that's that's just. Yes. So there's always crazy stuff going on at all levels of the news. But yeah, I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't follow the Olympics too closely at all, as discussed on on the Ted Quarters podcast yesterday. But uh, so I missed that aspect of it because I'm just going to say, like, if you were pre- prepping for like big, hard hitting news stories from me, no. uh, you're not going to get them. No, we're okay. we're not going for big, hard hitting news. We're just talking because about your three... my first my first favorite story of the week is <laughs> is the guy on the Wizards, Kelly Oubre Jr. Uh, in a game against the Cavaliers, caught on camera trying to untie a dude's shoes. <laughs> and I think that is awesome. I know that, that J.R. Smith has, has had issues with that in the past. Um, I think I'd probably be very mad if I were playing against someone in basketball and they untied my shoes without me knowing it. But I think that then I would stash that one away in the back of my mind for the opportunity I got to untie someone else's shoes. It's all in the name of winning. And if that's what you got to do, I say go for it, Kelly Oubre Jr. I think that's a really good story. I think I missed that one, but I love that story. Uh, there's a story on For the Win from Nick. Ah, For the Win, where we all work. Yeah. Um, so my one of my favorite stories, and I've been so obsessed with it, is the Tessa Virtue Scott Moyer romance uh, that is a potential romance or not a romance? Do, are you familiar with the story, Ted? I don't even know who either of those people are. What? <laughs> Tessa what and Scott Moyer? Yeah, Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer. Tessa Virtue and I thought this sounds like a romance novel. <laughs> oh, it should be a romance novel. If anything, it should be like a million lifetime movies. Her name is Tessa Virtue. <laughs> So they are. Is this like a mega famous person? Is this is this gonna be like one of these things like like Downton Abbey where something is like suddenly just super famous and I've missed it? Yeah, it's actually super famous and you've missed it. But you're also not Canadian and you haven't been watching the Olympics, so I guess I'll give you a pass. But I don't know. They're very famous, especially in Canada. So they're the ice dancing team from Canada that won gold medal. like, I think sometime earlier this week, I can't even remember. All the days are, are blurring into one. Yeah. 
But if and you, also it was they won it on one day and then they showed it like the day before because <laughs> of the international dateline and you know it's super yeah dark. yeah it basically happened like eighteen weeks ago. Um, yeah. But they won the gold medal and their routine was like set to a medley from Moulin Rouge and it is the most dramatic, beautiful, sexiest ice dancing you have ever seen and everybody wants to know whether Tessa and Scott are actually dating because the chemistry that they have on ice is phenomenal. Um, and everybody, including myself, has been obsessed with trying to figure out whether or not they're actually dating. See, so I think that's insulting. <laughs> I feel like that's insulting as a performer that you that you would just say, what, what if they're just that good at ice dancing that they can cultivate that sort of chemistry without it being necessarily romantic? No, if you have watched any amount of ice dancing, what they have on the ice is like magical and electrical and it is not i don't want to say it's not normal but it is way it's above. like a little bit it's like it's got like a dirty dancing vibe to it. <laughs> oh yeah it is i mean it's it's rated r and c17 um no i don't, I don't even mean that it, like in the dirty sense i just mean in like the steaminess of dancing with patrick swayze's stance yes in the steaminess okay. of that but also if you i mean their moves were oh I, they were a little, yeah it was a little Racy. Okay. Yeah, it was a little racy. Like, there's definitely some, like, there's one move where literally her legs are wrapped around his face, like, it, on ice dancing. Huh. Um, so, ice, dancing, ice dancing sounds way more interesting <laughs> than I gave it credit for, I guess. <laughs> that was really good, but I'm very obsessed with whether or not they're dating, so. Are they dating? Has anyone asked? Has anyone thought to ask them? Everybody has asked them, and they've given very coy answers. They've never, they flat out Say, oh, so then they're dating. Because if, you, if if the answer is anything but no, then it's yes. Well, they're always like, well, we they said that they dated in the past, but that was like when they were kids, and they're like, we're too busy to date, is is what they keep oh, okay. saying. Like, we're well, too busy and, to date. But I don't know what that and means. I mean, you, you know the stigma of the Olympics for athletes, right? No, what is that? Oh, it's that they're just like everyone just oh, goes yeah. to hook up with all of the different athletes from all of the different countries. Oh, yes. I do know that. Because um, it's all these beautiful, fit people in this village for a month or whatever. Um, so maybe you want to keep, if you're not like getting married, maybe keep an open relationship for the stretch of the Olympics. Mm, I don't know. My thing is that it's like that episode of Friends, right? Where Joey has that screen partner on stage or something and he's like, no, you can't actually date that person because then you ruin the chemistry. Um, I think that they're not dating, but hopefully they will date because to me it's just ridiculous that they're like, they're perfect for each other. So. Well, how do you know that? What do you mean, how do I know that? Vice answers? I, every look have you haven't even watched them ice no, skate I know. how do you know they're perfect for each other like what happens when they go home and then it's like and the guy's like hey i want to watch the wire and she's like the wire i want to watch ted ted is, don't this ruin this for me so i'm gonna just flip it around she's gonna be like i want to watch the wire and he's gonna be like the wire i want to watch keeping up with the kardashians and she's gonna be like oh my god what have i done ted don't ruin this for me okay okay um Anyway, that's my that's one of my big stories, favorite stories of the week. All right, that's fine. I mean, that's great. It would be lovely if they. <laughs> I hope they are deeply in love and live happily after ever after. Thank you. And create lots of ice dancing <laughs> Thank children. You. And you're gonna have a whole ice dancing family of and like bring the show on the road like the Von Traps. Thank you for co-signing on my fantasy. I appreciate it. All right. Before we get to Ted's next thing, here's a word from our sponsors at Mattress Firm. Let's keep the ball rolling, shall we? Everyone knows how important stretching is before an event. So does Mattress Firm. Except it's your dollar. 
Your budget stretches further when you're shopping at America's Neighborhood Mattress Store. It's a true home run, and you'll have a ball. They're the head coaches when it comes to mattress expertise. But know this. They're more than mattress experts. They have a game plan that helps you transform your mattress into a bed. From adjustable bases and sheets to headboards and bedroom decor, they have you literally and figuratively covered up like your favorite cornerback. Go to mattressfirm.com slash for the win to see what deals are happening. They even offer you a 120-night sleep trial to ensure perfection and a 120-night low-price guarantee so you know you paid the perfect price. Talk about a one-two punch, a knockout, if you will. Score big with a perfect bed. Head to mattressfirm.com slash for the win to get the play-by-play on how you can monumentally improve your sleep today, tonight, and tomorrow. All right, Ted, what's your next thing? Uh, my next thing? So when we used to do this, when I hosted the show, we did, we just, we, it wasn't necessarily tied to sports all the time. And yes. so I... I misprepared a little bit. No. Uh, my next good thing was that I saw Black Panther last night. Oh my god! Okay. Uh, have you seen it? Yes, I've seen it. It's so good. It's, it's so good. And so like good. you know, I'm a hater, and I wanted to, and like every there's so much hype about this movie that I went in like ah, it's gonna be overrated. It's there's no way it's gonna live up to hype. I thought it was so dope. I thought it was so so good, and I kind of went in with the same expectation that it had been hyped so much that there was no way that it was actually going to be able to live up to what people were saying. And I, yeah, I was blown away. I think so, so much. And I avoided reading too much about it before I saw it because I just kind of wanted to be able to formulate my own, own opinion, but I could see like based on what people were tweeting and what, and the headlines I saw that it felt like a lot of the, the hype about it is like, you know, social and cultural, cultural and political, which is all obviously there and like important to take away from the movie. But I think that what I did not expect was that just like on its own, in that it could be divorced from those aspects, it just held up as a really good movie. Like the, it was beautiful to look at. Uh, it moved. It was long, but it moved at a fairly reasonable pace. It didn't feel formulaic at all. Like none of the, you know, the the. I mean, so much of it was just so far off the map in terms of, I think, like what you expect from a superhero mo- movie. Uh, and I was just in it. Like, I was just completely lost in the movie from the moment it started until the end. I totally agree with all of it. I think that the characters had such remarkable depth and complexity for not just a, not just a Marvel movie or a superhero movie, but for any movie. Because even the minor characters, they took a lot. They put in just enough detail so that you came away that this was a complicated, like, three-dimensional character versus just, like, a flat caricature. Um, and in a weird way, it didn't feel like a Marvel movie. Like, it was a lot more serious than other Marvel films. Um, and it felt more of, like, a myth than a super, superhero story. Yeah, yeah. It felt like... I was almost thinking it felt like a... Um... Like, have you ever seen the movie Hero? Not the, not the. I think that's a Mel Gibson movie, but there's like the, there's a Jet Li movie Hero, where these like this epic kung fu movie where, and and it's like so much of the the beautiful colors and scenery and stuff, and these just sort of like grand sweeping fight scenes and stuff like that. It reminded me of that, like a little bit more of uh, something you'd say like is this is a film than like this is a comic book movie. Yeah, it was, I mean, remarkable in all all sections. I have not seen Hero, so I I don't know exactly what that comparison is. 
Um, but I was just blown away. I had this reaction with Wonder Woman where when all the Amazon warriors like first start coming out, I like was, I just got emotional. I was like, it was so wonderful to see like all these incredible, powerful women. And I felt the same way with like Black Panther's um, protective for- forces, like the Dora Maji. It's like, oh, they're just beautiful. Like, it was, yeah, I thought they were so much cooler than the Wonder Woman ladies. Yeah, but they were just, I mean, visually it was stunning, and I felt, like, emotional, which is not something that I do in movies. Yeah, I mean, it was good. I mean, I think it was just top to bottom a good movie. I saw it in uh, in 4DX. Do you, do you know what 4DX is? Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> no, but... I, I can imagine that it cost a small fortune, whatever it is. Yeah, it was like a $30 movie ticket. Um, but it's, so it's this thing. I think there's only like 12 theaters in the United States that have it yet. Um, but it's, I, I've been looking into it because I kind of, I'm kind of intrigued about like maybe writing or, or interviewing someone about it. Uh, it's, it's like, you ever go on like the Back to the Future ride? At, I think it was at Disney World or Universal Studios or something like that, where like it's a movie, but your your chair is moving around like it's a ride. Mm-hmm. So it was like that, but like and and on top of that, they have like water effects. So when they're fighting in the water, you get like splashed with water. No, water they water. don't. And yeah, yeah. How do they and, do that? Um, and like they the it's it's really well like in this. I've seen a few of these movies, and like. There's been a, a range of how well adapted the movie is for this format. Uh, like, Baby Driver was cool. And then uh, I saw the movie The Commuter with Liam Neeson, and it like, was a terrible movie. And also just, like, not that cool uh, in the moving chair thing. This one was also uh, the best adapted and like i don't think that these are the people who are making black panther are the people who are adapting it for 40x i think it's doing it someone's doing it retroactively mm-hmm. but they did a really good job on it because it was uh it was way more active and engaging a use of this thing than any of the other movies i'd seen in in, in that uh in that theater do they pump in like smells and stuff like that they don't I don't think they have. I, I, I mean, I didn't notice any smells. If there were smells, and and it's always tough to like distinguish. Like, are they making me smell something, or is that like the person next to me pulling out dinner? Um, <laughs> right. So, uh, I didn't notice smell, but they have uh, wind. They do a lot of wind. So, like uh, for gunshots, if like someone's, there's supposed to be a gunshot past someone, just past someone's head. They'll always do like just like a bolt of wind that goes right past your ear uh and that's was really cool like stuff like that um and then there's like just a lot of jolting in black panther like at some points it, it like really felt like a roller coaster like i had Ooh. to stop eating popcorn and be like whoa <laughs> hang on now. yeah that's cool I, I totally forgot that i saw black panther on sunday but i like that i'm gonna use that as as my one of my favorite things of the week too that, you're, so you're just cutting out an answer. <laughs> I mean, my other answer just feels kind of, um, it feels a little thin compared to Black Panther. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but most things are. Uh, well, my other, one of my other favorite stories, it just happened actually earlier today. Um, so did you know the story last week about the Washington Capitals player, Devontae Smith-Pelly, kind of getting taunted while he was at a Blackhawks game? No. Okay, so he's a Black player in the NHL, plays for the Capitals, and they were at a game in Chicago, and he was in the penalty box, and a couple of Blackhawks fans started shouting basketball, basketball, basketball at him. And he got, obviously, 
very irritated with them. And so there was a confrontation. I mean, not even a confrontation, but he kind of like talked to them through the glass. But obviously right. it was a terrible incident. Like you can't make racist taunts ever. Um, the fans were kicked out and it was just kind of a whole ugly thing to happen. But uh, the bright side of that. You, you could make racist taunts and still get elected at many levels <laughs> of, of, of government. But yes, you should not. You should not make racist taunts. Right. And that, that's exactly, sorry, that's what I meant to say, is that you should not do that. And in any kind of reasonable society, you should not do that. But whatever. So it kind of was a black eye for the for the Blackhawks, who, you know, are obviously embarrassed by stuff like that. Devastating for a player who has dealt with all of that garbage for his entire career and just can't believe that it's still happening. Um but the best part is that there was a column, you know, this guy, one of the sports writers in Chicago wrote this column and a reader wrote in saying that instead of kind of trying to promote internet justice to the four people who are making these taunts, they should, you know, do something positive. And he started off by donating $10,000 to uh, Devante Smith's, Pel uh, a charity of Devante Smith Pelly's choosing, which is for, um, the ice hockey rink in DC, which name I can't remember now. Um, hang on one second. I got to find it. Fort DuPont. Anyway. So they raised about $20,000. That's so that's, well, yeah, that yeah. is, a, I mean, that's a nice way for that story to end Yeah. in raising $20,000 for, uh, uh, what, so it's, it's like a city rink. It's like, so Fort DuPont is a city rink in D.C. It's the only indoor rink in D.C. And it serves mainly a minority community and is the home of, I think, the oldest minority youth hockey program in North America. Um, so they do a lot of great things. They have, uh, you know, programs for kids that generally would not be exposed to hockey and stuff like that. So they raised $20,000 for, for that program, which I thought was a really nice way to take a really terrible story and give a positive spin i agree i think yeah that that is a it's a good way to handle it rather than focusing on the shame aspect of it which yeah. you know they have the they have us to do yeah exactly so that's mine um all right what's your last story what's your last favorite uh, story of last the week? one's real si simple and fun and i mentioned mike trout before but i'm coming right back to mike trout there was a photo that circulated around the internet yesterday of uh, Mike Trout driving around his new teammate Shohei Otani in a in a golf cart, and they looked like they were having a great time, which was nice. It's good to see Mike Trout out out having fun, you know. But uh, but more than that, what was cool to me was that uh, there was like a sea of cameramen uh, and camera women. Uh, taking photos of Trout and Otani on the golf cart, and that makes me psyched as someone who feels an obligation to publicize Mike <laughs> Trout's greatness to the world, uh, because I think the amount of attention the Angels are going to get this season because they've added Otani, who is, I, I think he's a, a phenomenon, I know he's a phenomenon uh, in Japan and, and uh, just an object of, of great fascination in the United States, uh, that that it will have a nice byproduct of making more people pay attention to Mike Trout. Yes, and you love Mike Trout. When we, did we talk about this when Shohei Otani got, got signed? Or uh, no, I don't think so, because I was on paternity leave. Oh, that's happened. right. You were on paternity leave. Maybe you tweeted about it, but you said that that was one of the, the nice things that's going to happen to this, is that it's going to make the spotlight shine on Mike Trout a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, and I still feel that way, right? Like, And, I mean, mm -hmm. I think it makes the Angels better, too, and so it gives 
uh, it makes a significantly better opportunity. I think the Angels made a bunch of good moves this this offseason. They have a real chance of making the playoffs, and that's what uh, I think really for baseball players especially, that's kind of what you need to become the megastar is usually the, the postseason showcase. Nice. That's a good story. So my last story is from last night. Um, it has to do with the Parkland shooting, but it's kind of a weird, rare thing in the NHL. So the Florida Panthers the NHL team, they play about 20 minutes outside of Parkland where the Stoneman Douglas shooting happened. Um, and last night, Roberto Luongo, who is the goalie for the team, uh, in a pregame you know, ceremony, they honored the victims, but he gave a little speech that by NHL player standards is... I mean, downright political, uh, where he's, you know, basically called for more action to be taken so shootings like this don't happen again. And he was pretty much in tears throughout the thing because he lives in Parkland. That's the community that the team, you know, plays in. It was incredibly moving, but it was a very, like, subtle but bold step for an NHL player to to come out and and say something like this. I know that for other athletes, it, it wouldn't have been a thing at all because we're so used to NBA players and other athletes. It's, just, it's really just NBA. I mean, I, uh, we've seen a lot of Olympians have been pretty outspoken. About well, I mean, also stuff. NFL players, you know. And, well, some NFL players, right? Right. But, like, in the NFL, there's still, like, I feel like in the NFL, some players do speak up for sure, but there is still sort of this pervasive attitude of, like, be quiet and stick to sports. Like, how disrespectful mm. are you to, you know, that? I don't know. Like I don't it, agree. I don't think that's well, in the NFL. I just NFL. feel like in, in contrast with the NBA, and it, because it feels like to me the NBA is just like, I don't know how they did this, and I think it's so great, and I wish it was the case with every sport, because it feels like NBA players are just free to speak their mind and not be judged for it. And that's incredible. I, I mean, right? I like, think that's incredible. It feels like NBA personalities in general just – can push it so much further than, than well, they have in, the support- in all the other sports. Yeah, but they have the support of the league and they have the support of the Players Association but behind them. And the NFL does not do that. Um, I don't know about MLB, but I'm assuming no. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, the, the certainly the, the league would... Uh, the, they're all politicians. It, they're, it's yeah. all very political from on the union side and on the league side. So they'd have like carefully guarded, carefully measured statements about like we want our players to be able to express themselves, but you know we encourage them to consider the business and the, you know whatever something something like that. Some like corporate speak, yeah. Right. The yeah. NHL is pretty much the same way, but they're even much much more conservative, right? There's a lot of players that aren't from America. A lot of players are Canadian. And that has kind of always given them a pass to like stay out of politics, even when things are happening in their backyard. And so this was this was pretty rare, right? I like I said, with other athletes, you probably would not have thought twice about them saying something like this. But his speech was very much like we cannot let this keep happening, um, which should not be a bold statement. But for an NHL player to come out and say that is a bold statement. Uh, yeah, I mean it's nuts that that counts as a bold statement yeah. anywhere. But again, like there, there also there are people who truly believe that the answer to stopping guns in schools is putting more guns in schools. So we're past oh, crazy. Yeah. We're at we're at like oh wow, what a bold statement it is to say. I hope that 
we can stop having people get shot in school. And, and that's what's like, that was kind of my takeaway yesterday is like, wow, we're really, I mean, for Luongo to come out and say this and then have it be like, yes, it's such a simple thing, but it's not something that I've heard any other NHL player come out and say. Um, yeah, it's cool. Know, I mean, it's a, it's always, it's, it's like, I, and, and I get it on the player's side that it doesn't, like, even if you have strong opinions about something, it just so rarely pays to, to share them. And in so many cases, I don't even want to hear them. Like, I always thought when, when Kurt Schilling, who was sort of a, a, an outspoken political athlete guy, I would always say, like, well, why do I care what Kurt Schilling has to say about this? I care about Kurt Schilling's incredible pitching abilities. Um, but it is it does paint a, a more complete picture of the people that you're rooting for to, to, to know them a little bit better. I think in many cases uh, we – don't want to know our heroes (laughs) all that much better you know and so that's part of it but I think also that a a big part of the sports media culture is that all of these things are just going to create headaches for you right like if you were a baseball player and you came out and kneeled down for the national anthem one guy did but that's 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 going to be the story then and you're going to get attention and then they're going to come start asking your teammates about stuff and then you know and then 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 all your teammates get dragged and it just becomes this whole big thing in this culture where you're trying to not make waves yeah but the flip side of that always has been that people who have a platform should use that platform right right and yeah. I agree with that. And, yeah. and and that's the thing. And I think what it really boils down to is that I want the people who agree with me to have platforms and I want to be able to ignore the ones who disagree with me. And, and there's, I'm not saying you can't do both. Uh, I have said this, I feel like I say this every time I talk about hockey, but I would give anything for players to be more outspoken. And I don't even care which side of, of the coin they're on. Yeah. See, there's yeah. very... I mean, I mean, I'm just saying that they're so self-centered or self-censored that it, it makes it very hard to, to know anything about their personalities. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about, like, and I have sort of, you know, fairly complicated feelings about this. When, when Daniel Murphy came out mm-hmm. and was like, I disagree with Billy Bean's lifestyle. Like, right. I don't, you know, like basically saying, like, I don't believe that he's gay, right. uh, you know, for religious reasons. And... I, I, I didn't, I guess like, I didn't really want to, like, I, you know, I, I, I didn't want to, I liked Daniel Murphy uh, in, as a dude in all of the times I've met him. I've, he's still always been extremely uh, nice and helpful to me as a reporter. And, and so like, that was disappointing to me to hear that he felt that way. I think it also did get sort of pulled away from what he was trying. Like, I don't think he said it with ill intent. Um, and you know, if you listen to what the rest of what he was trying to say, um, and, and so that was like sort of like a, it was a queasy feeling of like, Oh, well, I want to keep rooting for this guy. But like, I, I fundamentally disagree with him on this very important issue. Um, and so that's an in- instance, I think when you don't want to know. And I think that I worry that especially with baseball players in most cases, I don't want to know. I, I agree with you. I have that same fear with hockey players, too, is that I know that in a lot of places, I don't want to know. Um, I was talking to a former player at the NHL All-Star Weekend, and he basically said, look, these guys, 
he's like, you don't want people to be inauthentic, right? He's like, you don't want guys just out there saying stuff that is like politically correct if they don't agree with it. And he's like, you might have to just accept the fact that they're just not saying things because they know it's not what people want to hear. So yeah, and yeah. and I mean, and not for nothing, like it's no joke to be an NHL hockey player or a major league baseball player or all these other things. Like that takes up a, a lot of your time yes. and a lot of your energy. And so, like, I I don't I wouldn't be surprised at all if like not these guys are following all that. You know, if they're not following all that closely because they got other th- you know you got other things to do. And yeah. like I get like we we follow these things as like we're sitting in front of our computers all day long reading news articles you're bound to stumble into the news of the day but if you're out playing baseball constantly like maybe maybe you miss some of this yeah they're just not on twitter all day like we are right like even even going around to spring training this year and not talking about politics but talking about uh the the baseball slow free agent market which is an issue that affects baseball players and a bunch of guys were super tapped into it and there are a bunch of other guys who are like ah yeah i heard something about that but i haven't really been following it sorry Oh, that makes sense to me. All right, Ted, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. When's the next episode of the podcast coming out, your podcast? Sometime next week. Hopefully Wednesday or Thursday. All right, look for it on iTunes. It's called Ted Quarters, and we will see you guys next week. Bye.